Hey, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the balance between quarantining and returning to work. It's been a hot topic ever since Monday, and we're going to go into the positive and negative aspects of both. And of course, we'll give you some real estate updates for New York City, some surrounding markets, and some trends we've been seeing during this corona update in our corona times. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Here at the Ask Amadeus show, we bridge the gap between humans, homes, culture, and current events, how it all ties together. together. And we want to entertain and also inform you so you're a better consumer in the marketplace and being educated makes you smarter and you can use this information to leverage yourself and be more informed about real estate for an investment, for laws, uh, just or just topics of conversation. So enjoy. If you like the podcast, like, subscribe, tell your friend. And if you need a real estate agent in New York, I'm the guy to talk to. Just DM me at Marcus Amadeus or find me online at MarcusShot.com. Okay, so this week we're going to divide the podcast up into two sections, two different topics. Let's talk about some trends we're seeing right now related to coronavirus situation, malarkey, debacle going down. We're two or three days into the lockdown in New York State, issued on this weekend, I think it was Saturday or Sunday. I actually came out to New Jersey just to get a little space, walk around a little bit. If we can't show apartments, then what, you know? Listen, I don't, I want to get a little more space. As you probably know from the last episode, right now, no real estate agents are showing apartments to anybody. Uh, I think it's for two weeks, Cuomo said. It could be for longer. Second is there's no evictions allowed. And even if there was, the courts are shut down. Number three, no move-ins allowed either, which is kind of weird because basically the first is coming around and a lot of people are not renewing their leases or they had leases coming up anyways and they're moving and now you can't show an apartment and you cannot go out and rent or move in even if you wanted to rent the apartment and you wanted to make a lease signing with the landlord. So that is obviously to spread the disease, flatten the curve, and that is all good stuff. New York has become the epicenter of the corona outbreak in America and probably the world, maybe only second to Italy. But what has been going on this week with relation to the coronavirus and what does that mean moving forward? We saw lots of people 
delist their apartment. When I said people, I meant sellers delist their apartments in Manhattan, who's already been seeing excess inventory relative to the Manhattan market over the last few years. That's a little different from other markets. We're just talking Manhattan. We're just talking New York City. And I think a lot of it has to do with sellers don't really, A, they couldn't if they wanted to have people coming in. They're going to be home with their kids. And they might think that during this time, you might just be getting uh, opportunistic buyers instead of having full exposure to the marketplace. So that's one thing that we've been seeing. Number two, what I've been seeing as well, I've been talking to a lot of brokers and other markets, you know, we mostly focus in New York here, but we also cover New Jersey. We talk about New Jersey sometimes, Denver, upstate New York, East Coast, California, LA, Chicago, when the relevant news stories come up. But what we've been seeing is that a lot of people from the city, mostly affluent people, obviously, who have flexibility for remote working, you know, some of their jobs are telling them don't come back for two, three, four, five months. Right, so that what are they going to do? They got kids here. That means that the school the school year is supposed to open up on April twenty second. That is looking unlikely, according to De Blasio. So what we've been seeing actually is some people, you know, some buyers trying to pull out of their contracts because they feel they don't feel optimistic about buying, or maybe they lose their job, or maybe you know many reasons. Maybe they didn't, they didn't get a mortgage. I was reading it on some blogs in on Reddit that jumbo mortgages were being pulled after commitment letters, which is very rare. I think this week with the stimulus package coming through, you know, people were worried about liquidity for lending, but I think this uh, everyone's feeling a lot better about this this two trillion dollar stimulus package coming through. But anyways, I digress. A lot of people are booking their summer homes already. So in the Hamptons, which the market was struggling for a little bit, and it's usually a little bit later than this. People are just going ahead and trying to rent their summer homes and their go to their or buy second homes because they don't want to be in the city or they don't know what the city is going to be like in one, two, three months. We also have been seeing this upstate in the Airbnb market. I was actually looking at a lot of cabins upstate just to kind of get some nature, and it was my birthday this week. So it would have been nice to get out a little bit, but things booked up very quickly once that uh, soft lockdown happened. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and I talked to some of the brokers saying that some people were also just buying. They had a couple sales, handful of sales in a small area where the buyers just paid cash and they're moving in in 10 days. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I didn't really think of that at first, but to be expected maybe if you have those types of options. And the second part of that, I've been reading a lot of articles, is that these second home communities like Long Island, places in the Catskills, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, Provincetown, they're basically telling people don't come back to their second homes because they don't want to spread the virus from the epicenter of New York. If you're in New York, you probably have it in some way, shape, or form. Who are we kidding? I think it's like 15,000 cases or something like that. We're not going to go with the numbers there. But... That's what we've been seeing for real estate in terms of second markets, some mortgages having issues, liquidity issues for getting confirmations. And then another thing I think is really going to happen is we've had a lot of Airbnb apartment, even though it's legal, we have a lot of Airbnbers who just have Airbnb for tourists. 
New York City is the tourist, one of the tourist epicenters of the whole world. It's a lovely place to visit. But, you know, hotels are expensive and Airbnb is technically illegal. But there's plenty of people doing it. They've been occupying lots of homes that could have gone to locals. And with this travel ban, I think that a lot of these people are getting totally end bookings done for two, three months. I also know a few people in the tourist industry who do tours as a business and basically their bookings are down 60%. Hotels are getting decimated as well. This is most likely going to transfer over to Airbnb situation. And I think that you're going to see a lot of rental inventory come up that has been locked up for several years doing the Airbnb business on the side. So it's something interesting to think about. And also, you know, people can just leave their leases and um, leave and either give up their deposit or pay the rest of their lease and then move on to something else. Especially now that if you're being allowed to work from home, maybe it become, might, might become more of a trend. And uh, I think people are aware of this. So I, I think it's a day-by-day situation. A lot of real estate companies, you know, they're kind of on ice right now. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of inventory coming up after this is done. This all happened just before the prime spring selling season. And then you're going to have people maybe because of this need, maybe they need cash. Maybe they got laid off. Maybe they were thinking about moving out of New York anyways, and this is going to prompt it. So let's see where this goes. I think it's a day-by-day situation. And like always, we will always keep you up to date here if you want to know more about real estate, learn things, educate yourself, have something fun to say at a dinner party. Okay, part two, we're going to talk about back to work. I'm, I like this topic because there's a lot of people on both sides for many reasons, and we just started the lockdown, but we should also talk about opening back up. So the second half will be about that. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You know, sometimes you got to have ads in podcasts so you can make a little bit of money. You know what I'm saying? I do this on the Anchor app. I actually quite like it. I, If you're not familiar, I'm a big tech guy. I like gadgets. I like audio equipment. Before I worked in real estate, I used to work as a recording and uh, a studio recording assistant. I worked as an editor for videos and all sorts of media stuff. So I enjoy it. It's a fun hobby and you need it. But this Anchor app, it's quite good. Just try it out. Call friends. Maybe we'll try that out next time. And uh, it's easy to record. And it's good to promote your business or just have a hobby. So anyways, part two, we're going to talk about going back to work. This week, I think it was Monday, Donald Trump had a big interview walking around the White House or whatever. And he basically says that he wants to reopen or like to reopen the country by April 12th, which is around Easter There's a lot of symbolism that's going on with that. Easter symbolizes rebirth. It is the resurrection. He also is saying that it pairs up with timelines. Apparently last night, I need to verify it, but on the Citizens app, they sent me a text saying that Italy flattened the curve. They've been really hard hit. And April 12th is about three weeks away, two and a half weeks away 
for us right now at the end. I think it's March 25th here today. So it's feasible that we could see over the curve after that. Who knows? But this reaction to even talk about getting the economy back open as, as people are starting on two sides. I was talking to um, a friend of mine and we were talking about what are the real outcomes of this? Like, what do you do now? This was on Sunday when the when the um, lockdown for New York City, or the, the I don't want to call it lockdown, but it's essentially lockdown for New York City, stay in place, pause order. And what, what are you supposed to do now that the biggest economy superpower in the world or the history of the world is now shut down and it happened quite quickly, maybe five or six days. You know, they tried to let people have some freedom. It didn't really work, but and it's needed. According to the health experts, we're trying to stop the spread, cut it where it is, self-isolate, but it has a lot of ramifications. People lost their jobs. They're closing the, their, their shops. Many industries can't work at all. Those who are working are feeling uneasy, like delivery, grocery store, construction, medical staff, janitors. I think everyone needs to give a little props to their janitors, keeping all these facilities clean. I think they're the kind of also the forgotten heroes. You know, everyone's talking about medical people and they are. But you got to think about the facility maintenance people who are making these places safe. But today we just want to talk about the flip sides of staying closed and opening. Right now, the whole point of quarantining and staying home, it's to flatten the curve, stop the spread. You know, basically if two people meet, they meet two people and two people. And basically if you take a couple of those nodes out of the spreading of the virus, it'll greatly decrease the cases. And that might be so. And I think that's definitely what we're looking at here. But we also need to think about the, and the whole point of that is to make sure that the hospitals have enough maintenance, uh, their, their production capacity to have beds, ventilators, materials that they need, and people to save this influx of cases, which is definitely happening. I've talked to a few medical professionals and they're saying it's totally overrun. There's also miscommunications of you know, people doing elective surgeries when they should really be dedicating areas to coronavirus. So that's very important that they make the space. I know one one uh, hospital in Morristown, New Jersey was adding a couple floors and it was just overrun. And it's and then the medical professionals, they can't work seven days a week, you know, 12, 14, 15 hour days and stay healthy. Those people need breaks. Even if they didn't get the virus or anything, they just need breaks. So... We're quarantined for an indeterminate amount of time right now, and that is the problem. The stock market totally crashed, you know, 30%, 20%, 30%. It did have a bounce back this week, but it had bounced back this week on news that the markets might open. And I think that although right now we need to quarantine and we need to quarantine this week and next week and maybe the week after that, but we do need some deadline on what do we do next? What is opening up going to look like? Okay, because as we've talked about in the other episodes, we have a hard quarantine right now. 
basically in a lot of states, which the federal government is putting it on the state government, which I think is the right move because every state is a little different. And um, I think I like that a lot better than a whole federal mandated lockdown, which is a lot of people want. Look at India right now. India just put a lockdown on 1.3 billion people and that's a disaster, okay? And they gave them four hours notice. And if you've ever spent time in India, which I have spent extended amount of time in India, a lot of these people live on the streets. They're in dire, poor situations. They need the community to, to run and function and turn over to have enough money, to have enough food, to work, to support each other for people in poverty. And they have a very bad medical system, so maybe that is... Uh, probably part of the hard lockdown. I'm surprised they happened so fast, to be honest. But back to America. Quarantining is good. We're here. But it's starting to... It's, it, it's, I've noticed on a personal level, it's taken a toll on people. Imagine, you know, you're by yourself. You might not qualify for all these benefits because you're a gig worker. And you don't know when your next paycheck's coming. And you might not qualify for benefits and you're healthy and you're in your 20s or 30s. And then you have to make that trade off for someone who's older or compromised. And what's the right decision? You know, is it the herd mentality where some countries were just saying the most vulnerable populations, 50 and up, are the ones who need to be hard quarantined? And on top of that, then they get more benefits. You know, we're about to drop two trillion dollars into the marketplace right now that leads to inflation that leads to corruption that leads to abuse of the system um it's needed now you know these companies like boeing hire that tens of thousands of people you can't let them go belly under because that's going to be a domino effect as well and we're talking about just dropping money into directly into people's bank accounts as well that's something that we're talking about um but there is a trade-off. Where, where is the line in the sand where we got to go back to work? Or at least go back to work in a certain capacity. I'm, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I read on my Facebook and a lot of my, some of my friends talking about how crazy it is to, to, that you're basically an, a savage to talk about letting people go back to work right now. But we're misconstruing. We're not talking about going about work back work to work tomorrow. We're talking about when we go back to work in two, three, maybe four weeks, what does that look like? Is that some people go back to work? Does that certain sections go back to work? Does everybody go back to work? We need to find out because the whole purpose of this quarantine was to flatten the curve and get resources to deal with the capacity of our medical system of this influx of new cases for respirators and beds. And one thing that's kind of annoying to me is that a lot of these people who are saying, don't do this, that we, that you are crazy to talk about reopening the economy. They got cushy jobs. They got jobs. They can work remote. They qualify for benefits. If they lose their job, they qualify for severance. If they get laid off because of their company going belly up, they're wealthy. They don't work. All right, or their spouse or their sibling or their parents work and have a cushy situation. That's very annoying to me. Someone who works in real estate and has spent 12 years building a business. And listen, 
we we make a lot we make a lot of deals. We do rentals. We do townhomes. We do condos. But we're not Frederick Eklund over here. We don't got we didn't do we don't have hundreds and hundreds of um, large ticket real estate transactions in the pipeline. You know, for instance, like real estate agents, they're saying the average um, the average income for the real estate agent in New York is like forty five thousand dollars. It's not a lot. And there's a lot of people like this, 1099s, Ubers, for, I don't know, dog walkers. There's a lot of small businesses, contractors, where it's groups of one, two, three, five, six people who make a nice living, but they need to have the work keep going for the next couple of weeks. People don't have money to stay open for three, four weeks some people don't have insurance, private insurance plans for these things. What hap- What does New York City look like with all the real estate empty, the, all the retail real estate empty? You know, we've had this issue of retail for a while. What happens to a city that 30% of the tenants aren't paying rent for three months? What happens when you see a country with 30% unemployment? It's very easy to stop something. And, you know, not easy, but for the economy, it's easy to put a stop on it and say, hey, just go, go away, go to, go to work, go stop going to work, right? It's very hard to rev up the engine again for small business. You can't just expect people to not work for four months and, and return and have the, the same amount of sales. Like for instance, bars and restaurants, people are going to have a habit of not going out. They're going to be worried about the virus, they're going to be worried about crowds. They're going to be in the habit of spending less money and being at home. And maybe the people's trends might change. So the thing about all those small businesses, they need, people need to get back to work. And we're not saying tomorrow, not the next day, but there needs to be a plan to talk about it because I think that certain people on Twitter and Facebook and all these social media platforms, they work jobs that you don't need to physically show up to. And they don't have their life savings invested in the the business itself to keep going. They don't have four employees who each have kids and a mortgage to pay for. So having a little more sensitivity about it, I think, is a good idea. And also sensitivity from the other side, too, right? Clearly, I'm more in favor of going back to work sooner than later. But we do need a metric of, hey, when are we going to do this? Is it April 12th or is it May 1st? Or do we need a metric of we have 100,000 ventilators, we have 100,000 hospital beds, is what Cuomo was saying. I mean, we're making makeshift shelters now. What's the day or what's the condition that we go back to work? Because it's happened hard and fast and it has huge ramifications. So... I don't know what it is, but I think we need to start talking about it and we'll have another podcast followed up with this. If you listen to this episode, you want to, are you for or against, I'd actually like to hear your argument for why it's a good idea or a bad idea, or just tell me about how coronavirus has impacted your business. It doesn't have to be real estate. It could be anybody, but I would like to hear from you. All right. That's it. That's all we got for today. You've tuned in this far and you haven't left. So you're my favorite. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in New York City or nationwide, talk to me. We can help 
represent your best interests. Archie, don't bark. We have a network of agents all over the country. Archie, stop. We're finishing up the podcast here. All over the country. And we have attorneys, mortgage lenders, inspectors, the whole one-stop shop for your real estate needs. If, if we can't do a good job or the best job, we'll put you in contact with someone who does. Like this podcast, follow me on Instagram, YouTube, and all social media at Marcus Amadeus and Marcus Shot Real Estate Online. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Have a good day.